Disclaimer, the following episode features descriptions of violent scenes and gore. Your discretion is advised. Murderous spirits, insanely sharp scissors, and a bunch of kids who probably won't survive. We had Casey watch Corpse Party, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host, producer, and sad murdered child, PJ. Your other sad murdered child, Skylar. With us as always is our vengeful baby spirit, Casey. I've got a grudge, but I also have a ring. See what I did there, guys? Uh, I've got seven rings. Oh. Thank you. Next. Oh, this guy. (laughs) You changed your position. Break up with your boyfriend because I'm bored. I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> uh, break up with your ghoul friend. I'm bored. Oh. Ooh. Well, if all that Ariana Grande talk wasn't enough of a hint, we're watching Ariana Grande the anime. Finally. If all that spooky talk wasn't enough of a hint, we are watching Corpse Party. Corpse Party being our first OVA on the show. OVAs are original video animations for you, Casey. That just means they went straight to VHS or DVD. They yeah. didn't go through theatrical or a TV release. Uh, it's like the Walmart bin of animes. Kind of, but sometimes they're just like, we didn't have enough money to produce a full season of TV, so we're just going to make it a two-hour movie. Mm. Yeah, in like four episodes, basically. Interesting. Like It from the 90s. Kind of. Yeah, except that was on TV. Oh, gotcha. Walmart bin it is. Just kidding. Well, Casey, um, based on the name Corpse Party, what do you think the show's going to be about? I just assume it's a prequel to the Tim Burton classic Corpse Bride. One can only assume, based on the name alone. It's actually the sequel. It's actually called Corpse Reception. (laughs) My big fat Corpse Reception. (laughs) (laughs) And Casey, we sent you the poster for Corpse Party, Tortured Souls. Tell me, uh, what are you thinking? Okay, so I've seen five characters. I see five characters here. Obviously... Three movies come to mind. Number one, the twin girls in the front. It's obviously from The Shining. Twin girls in a hallway. That's them. And then I see this couple behind them. And they look like they're on a hallway. But for some reason, I'm getting Titanic vibes, which I know I brought up Titanic before, but only because this podcast stands Titanic. Um, That's true. It just reminds me of like the hallway from Titanic. So I'm just getting weird Titanic vibes. Like maybe that's like the... Like, anime Jack and Rose from Titanic. I don't know. I just got that vibe. <laughs> and then the the lady in the back is, uh, that is the girl from The Ring, right? Like, she's the one that, like, crawls out of the well. Or The Grudge. Or The Grudge. I can, you know, I get those two movies, comp- like, confused. Well, they both have traditional Japanese ghosts. Like, traditional female Japanese ghosts. And, I mean, so does this. Which one is Sarah Michelle Gellar in? That's The, the Grudge. Grudge. Oh, they couldn't get her for the ring, huh? That's a shame. All right. So you have the the people in the front being twin sisters. You have the people in the background being a couple. And you have the figure in the back being the grudge. Twin Titanic grudge. There it goes. Twintanic grudges. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's a hell of a round of predictions. Uh, let's see how accurate they are. We're going to take some time. We're going to watch episodes one and two of Corpse Party Tortured Souls. For those of you watching at home, there are only four episodes, so feel free to watch the entire series in the interim. They can only be found on YouTube, so no searching on Crunchyroll, Hulu, Netflix. They're only found footage on YouTube. Spooky. Uh, but go ahead, check them out, and we'll be right back with our thoughts.
Heavenly Host Elementary is the premier elementary school in the greater metropolitan area. A multi-story design to accommodate more classes and more students. And for monstrous principles to commit suicide off of. Secure structures mean your child is safe at all times, no matter what happens. There's no escape. You're here for eternity. Teachers who care about the students and will do anything to help them succeed. Watch out for teacher. He kills whoever I ask him to. And an environment where we are all a part of the Heavenly Host family. Won't you join us, big brother? Big sister? Why wait? Enroll. Die! Now. All right, we're back, and we watch episode one and two of Corpse Party. Casey, what'd you think? Wow, um, that was <laughs> a lot of organs, and I don't mean the musical kind, unless you're really creepy uh, and can play a human organ with your hands. I wonder. You know, it's yeah, it was quite the gruesome uh, little spectacle we saw. If you're a fan of intestines, this is the show for you. Can you make an ocarina out of a heart if it was dried 100%. out? 100%. Comment below if you can do that. <laughs> Also, don't. We don't want to be. We don't want to know. Corpse Party Tortured Souls is actually based off of the Corpse Party series of video games rather than a manga specifically. This anime was directed by Akira Iwanaga and it was written by Soichi Sato and was released July 24th in 2013. Without further ado, uh, Skylar, why don't you kick us off with episode one? Kisaragi high school student Naomi Nakashima wakes up to the sound of thunder and finds herself inside a dilapidated unfamiliar classroom. Confused, she picks up her fallen school ID and notices there's a piece of paper inside. As she concentrates on the paper, she finally remembers what happened. I thought this was going to be like her having a stress dream of being in school. And I was like, I've been there, sis. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Earlier that day, seven students, Seiko, Yoshiki, Sadashi, Sakatoro, Mayu, Naomi, and Ayumi are sitting in their high school classroom. Surrounded by candles as Ayumi tells a disturbing story about a female teacher that lost her footing and fell down a staircase resulting in her death. Other misfortunes around the school caused the principal to commit suicide by jumping off the roof before the school was finally closed. She explains that their high school, Kisaragi Academy, used to be Heavenly Host Elementary. Ayumi explains that the teacher doesn't know she's dead and that at certain times of night, she will knock three times and stick her pale face through the door. At that moment, they hear the knocks on the door and become terrified. To their relief, they realize it's their teacher, Yui-sensei, and the little sister of Sadashi, Yuka. What a, like, what a fun teacher, but also like, damn, that's messed up. I would have. I would have cracked myself. Also, like, all teens need to just realize you should not be telling scary stories in groups. That's just how every horror movie starts. I don't care where you're at, what your location, whether it be a campfire in the woods, whether it be a high school at night. Like, do not be telling scary stories with your teen friends. I will actually make an amendment to that. Don't tell scary stories about the location you're in, because that's what people always do. They're always like, did you know that 40 years ago, someone was murdered literally right where I'm standing this very second? Yeah. Like, tell a story about some other place. Be like, yeah, in the Sahara Desert, some person died. Like, that's that's fine, as long as you're not in the Sahara Desert. Later, when you go home, you're like, hey, remember that place we were? Yeah, that was cursed. Yeah, save it for home. Good points, everyone. 
Before leaving for the night, Ayumi suggests that the friends perform the Sachiko Ever After charm. This will ensure that they stay friends forever. That's like asking for trouble, right? Yeah. How ominous. Like, hey, I'm going to leave, but one last thing. Let me just do some witchcraft with you guys. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Don't be suspicious. Well, it's because like, the one friend is moving and they're all sad about it. Right. I'm I'm glad you never did that with me, Skylar. Now I would know how this would have turned out. <laughs> she explains that they all have to recite the charm no more and no less than nine times and then keep the slip of paper they tear from the paper doll. Soon after, a violent earthquake hits and the classroom floor collapses, taking everyone with it. Yeah, I was literally like the second that happened, I was like, one of y'all said it 10 times and I know it. That's right. Or, or eight times. If it were Skylar and I, one of us would be like, wait, how many times were we supposed to do that? Did we do it already? I know. (laughs) And then it would have immediately fallen out from under you. (laughs) Exactly. Back in the unfamiliar classroom, Naomi realizes she has a sprained ankle and that her friend Seiko lays across the room unconscious. Relieved and excited, she runs to her friend to wake her up. Seiko, in a daze, asks what's wrong and if lunch has ended. Naomi reminds her that it's way past that and they have been transported somewhere after they performed the charm. Like, I would have been like, um, girl, do you not see that it's like blood red black in here? (laughs) Right. Seems a little (laughs) suspicious. Do you not notice that it straight up looks like we're in hell? (laughs) Right. Oh, yeah. They aren't sure where they are or where the others are, so they begin to search for a way out. They notice that the windows are closed and will not budge open, and that their cell phones have no service. Naomi is scared and trying to figure out where they are, and Seiko enthusiastically suggests that perhaps they were kidnapped and involved in some sort of incident. Seiko's way too chipper. Yeah. Yeah. And how is that supposed to make you relieved? Like, oh. Yeah, she literally is like, just kidding. Yeah, she's sketch. Naomi hears ghostly giggles, but Seiko didn't hear anything. As they make their way down the ghostly hallway, Naomi explains that the desks and chairs in the classroom were all very small, and it seems that they're in an elementary school. Uh, Behind them, a little girl in red stands. I guess she must be a lesbian. Girl in red. Because mm. of girl in red. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, girl in red? Am I missing something? Honestly, though, I think Seiko is a lesbian. And I is think in so, love too. With Hardcore, let's preempt this. Yeah, Seiko is such a lesbian for Naomi. Oh, for real? She's down to class. Nothing wrong with that, but... Casey, there is, a, there is a band called Girl in Red. Lesbians tend to really like their music to the extent that it is a very common trope amongst the youth. That when they are asking someone if they are a lesbian, they say, hey, do you listen to Girl in Red? It's the new Melissa Etheridge Indigo Girls vibe, right? Yeah. We're old. (laughs) Lady in Red. (laughs) Is that not that? (laughs) Despite their terrifying surroundings, Seiko defies the tone and continues acting enthusiastically and expresses her excitement about just being with Naomi and wants to spend more alone time with her. Doing the dirty. I wish I was a lesbian. She literally throws her face like into her breasts and is like basically groping her while saying this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like hard there for her. For reals. Getting back to the tone being disrupted, Seiko then asks Naomi if she has any hemorrhoid cream available. Yes. That was weird. That was weird. I literally was like, what? Because <laughs> she says ass cream. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any ass medicine? You got any ass medicine? Because I'm about to beat that ass up, girl. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Naomi gives her the cream and she leaves momentarily. And at this part, like as she's leaving, Seiko's like, 
time to slick that back. Naomi realizes there's a clock that's frozen in time and then sees a ghost in the reflection. But when she spins around, it's just Seiko. The two girls continue making their way through the school and making conversation. Seiko explains that she's basically a house mother and adores taking care of her sister and father and that she needs to get back to them as soon as possible. Okay, I am so glad you brought this part up because Seiko (laughs) is like enthusiastic about Naomi, she's like, oh, you're like a high school mom, which I think in the translation is like, oh, she's like just calling her like a teen, like a teen mom from MTV's teen mom, like similar vibes. And I was like, how, like how glamorous. (laughs) Yeah. Every girl's dream to be a teen mom. For real. They also come to the startling realization that all doors leading to the outside are also locked. And once more, Naomi hears ghostly giggles that Seiko still does not hear. Seiko suggests finding a place to rest, and that's when they end up at the infirmary. Seiko wraps Naomi's sprained ankle, and they rest in a bed next to each other, reaffirming their friendship. Real close. You could cut the sexual tension with a knife. Yeah. It's, oh my god, they are gonna get down and dirty. Seiko informs Naomi that she lost her piece of the paper charm, and it's most likely in the bathroom, and that she's gonna go search for it really quick. As Naomi lays in the infirmary bed, a clock chime goes off, and she realizes her body won't move. Been there, done that. I get sleep paralysis all the time. Yep. She then sees a pencil moving by itself, writing in a journal to the left of her. A red ooze begins to drip from the walls, and bloody handprints begin to appear on the windows. A wooden chair moves by itself to the end of her bed, where a ghostly figure begins to descend and assault her immobile body. Yeah, it's like lifting up her skirt, going into her mouth. I was like... It's oh rapey. my god, did we have Casey watch hentai? I, for real, I was like, is this some sort of rapey nonsense happening here? Like, that spirit had no chill. As Seiko makes her way back, she hears a loud thud behind her. As she turns, she sees a severed half of a lower torso with entrails littering the hall. Oh yeah, that was like her first, like, gory thing. And it was just, like, full entrails out of this, like upper skirt yeah they like uh show her like stepping on them too like as she moves backwards Ugh, it's so gross honestly if it weren't for scream 4 i would never be able to see entrails and now it's still gross but i'm just like at least not as like shocked by it honestly the way i got through watching all of it was like this is very reminiscent of a um like a haunt maze like not scary farm and stuff like that <laughs> the ghost that you guys got scared about shut up <laughs> that was something that was else. the only maze i was scared in i was super scared in it i was not but i felt like i had seen a new side of you guys that night i was like wow i didn't really understand this ghost fear until like or i mean just, well we don't have yeah. ghost fears we have japanese ghost fear yeah mm, victorian ghosts not scary other this ghosts? was a maze that was all Japanese ghosts. Oh, and, God. like, we should have realized, because it was, like, when you start in, it's, like, Japanese warrior ghosts. Like, it's, like, you know, samurais and stuff. But then immediately there's, like, Japanese ghosts. And I was, like, oh, no, we made a mistake. And Skylar was, like, oh, no, we made a mistake. Yeah, because it's, like, the very, the virginal maiden ghost that's depicted in, like, the white dress and the long black hair. Like, from the grudge in the ring and stuff like that. And here. Uh, Naomi hears Seiko's screams for her, and she's able to shake off the entity, but the exit is blocked by hair. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah, and hair is also like a huge trope in Japanese horror, too. 
Naomi begins tearing at the hair as the entity begins to descend upon her once more, repeatedly calling her Sachan. The entity disappears when Naomi is able to clear the hair and get out the door. She then runs to Seiko, but runs into a decaying corpse instead. The grossest in episode one doesn't compare to the grossest in episode two, but I wasn't ready for how gross this was going to be right off the bat, I guess. Yeah, the maggots and stuff. Yeah, everyone's barfing. Maggots are the grossest thing for me, like hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she got sick. She barfs and we have like an upward view of it. Yeah, that's... That's unusual, and it's definitely someone's kink, and it's upsetting. We can't yuck their yum, though. By the way, catch me on my OnlyFans tonight, where I, too, will be puking in a unique position. (laughs) (laughs) Over your camera? There we go. As Naomi begins to gag, a ghostly evil child in red appears behind her, and just like blood begins pouring out of her mouth. Seiko runs towards Naomi, yelling her name, and chases off the ghost. Naomi begins yelling at Seiko about how could she leave her alone and that she almost died and that she's a bad friend. Almost as if she's being like almost possessed by the surroundings. Yeah. It's just like the the quick interstitials of like, oh, that lower half. Oh, that entity. It was it's very it's very off putting and creepy and scary. Seiko in shock explained that she only wanted Naomi to get some rest. That's not how the real Naomi acts. And so she runs away. As Seiko is walking through the hall, she has thoughts about how she only has best wishes for her friend and that she needs to apologize. She then stops because she could hear someone calling her. Naomi realizing she overreacted and lashed out, she sets off to find Seiko so that she could apologize and they could become friends again. Does anyone else ever think of a showgirls when you hear the name Naomi? That's what I think of. That's that's what made me okay to get through this. I thought <laughs> Naomi, of showgirls. Yeah. yeah. It's a Versace. Yeah. Showgirls, corpse party. Honestly, is there a difference? Where is Saved by the-, the bell girl. <laughs> I want to see the showgirls anime version. Oh, God. Amongst the body parts that litter the school's halls and staircase, Naomi finds the cream that she lent to Seiko. The ass cream. Yes, the ass cream. Oh my god, it kind of sounds like you're saying like ice cream in a southern accent. Do it again, Casey. I was going to say that. Ass cream. (laughs) She hears the sound of rope and she walks towards the closet to find Seiko with a noose around her neck, choking to death. Like a girl straight up hung herself. Yeah. That was so sad. As Seiko is choking, she tries to apologize. Even sadder. (laughs) Not a great time to apologize, just saying. Naomi, trying to save her, keeps making it worse. I was literally (laughs) screaming the entire time, like, just lift her up. Stop trying to pull her down. Stop trying to tug on the rope. Like, lift her up. Uh, Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Does she not understand how, like, gravity works? No. I mean, but also she's panicking. She's just Trisha Paytas. Oh, God. I wish it was Trisha Paytas. This would be even Shut better up. anime. Where's the Tony Award for gravity? Oh, <laughs> fuck. That's when she goes to grab a bucket. The bucket's filled with blood, entrails, and maggots, causing Naomi to momentarily freeze up. She then gathers the courage to dump out the contents of the bucket and runs back towards her friend. Naomi then realizes she's too late when she sees the ghastly, asphyxiated look on Seiko's face. <laughs> it's it's not ghastly it's the funniest thing i've ever seen in my whole life <laughs> oh my god oh god <laughs> oh. she kind of looks like salad fingers she does look like salad fingers <laughs> this is like the second time in this podcast we've uh referenced salad fingers why did anime people be like dead salad fingers <laughs> that's the only way for people to know 
Naomi collapses in front of her friend, screaming why repeatedly, and yells at Seiko's body that they were supposed to go home together. Kinky. Once again, the ghostly child in red appears in the doorway. She relishes in Naomi's anguish before disappearing again. Okay, real quick. Did you see the very weird grin she had on her face? It was like... Yeah. It was like one of those cool guy smiles. And you were going to hear like... A smirk? Yeah, like the smirk. (laughs) And the right after it was going to be like, (laughs) da-da-da-da-da. So dumb. (laughs) It's Snoop Dogg. Naomi reflects upon how a night of fun with friends transformed into a night of terror when they were all transported to this cursed place that is Heavenly Host Elementary School. All right, so let's move on to episode two. Episode two kicks off rather aggressively as we start with a shot of a child ghost stabbing into the eye of a boy repeatedly. We cut to a girl being chased by a ghost missing the top half of their head, stabbing another girl in the neck with scissors, and a ghost with no eye cutting out the intestines of another girl also with scissors. It's it's it uh it's heavy. Uh there's It's an <laughs> aggressive way to start an episode cuz like episode 1 there's like some gore, some gruesomeness. You know, you have the hanging, you have the bodies. But like episode 2 literally starts with like a person being stabbed in the eye and you see the whole thing. You see someone getting like, you know, getting stabbed in the neck. You see guts being cut up like it's wildly yeah, aggressive. Yeah, you're and like, gruesome. "Oh, this is the corpse party." Okay, I get it. This is the bad place. It basically is hell. We learn that even those who aren't murdered by the ghosts here are still driven mad by the curse of the school, and eventually those trapped here will simply just kill each other after being driven mad. Those who stay here have their bodies blackened from the curse, black as charcoal, and their souls are trapped in heavenly hosts forever in a process called melanism. Can't wait for December 2020. That's not a real word, though, is it? Well, it's based off of melanin, which is like what controls the color of your skin. Okay. So that's why she calls it melanism because their ki- their skin turns like charcoal black. Okay. I don't care if that happens to them. I still don't think that blackface is okay, you guys. Jeez. <laughs> you know what? Brave I stance from Casey. I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be controversial yet brave, but yes. Brave, brave, brave. I want to see you be brave. I want to see you be brave. We cut to the scene we ended on last with Naomi prostrate before Seiko's hung corpse as a new character stands before her. She apologizes to Naomi for her loss, explaining that Seiko was being touched by the curse, and rather than let it consume her, she killed herself. That's nice. That's Isn't really that reassuring? nice. That's nice. We love a good suicide. Oh what the f*** is wrong with you, Skylar? <laughs> no, I mean, like, instead of going mad and killing her friends, she's like, I'd rather just kill myself. And I think that's nice. You know, this is a, a battle royale, and mm. I support it. That's true. <laughs> oh my god by the way real quick have to an- mention the new character that comes in with her really cool pentagram hair isn't that yeah, so cool her little barrette star yeah love that yeah she's she has a really cool character design she tells naomi that now that seiko is dead she is the only living thing in this school and she will be alone for all eternity <laughs> how reassuring we cut to morishige elsewhere attempting to bash through a window and the same new character approaches him to let him know he cannot return And just like the friends he arrived with, there's nothing he can do but wait. So I was telling PJ uh, when we were watching this, like when they were all in the classroom, that I don't trust glasses guy. I was just like, he's either going to die horrifically like first or he's going to betray them in some way. And I feel vindicated. Yeah. Don't trust anybody who has glasses. You heard it here from Skylar. 
Morishige tosses aside the chair, realizing that if his friends are here somewhere, that means Mayu is here too, and he demands to know where she is. Mayu's the girl that was moving, and like, obviously, he's got the hots for her. Yes, and as he realizes this and begins to yell at her, the girl begins to fade away, Morishige screaming questions into the void she leaves behind. We move to Satoshi and his little sister, Yuka. As Satoshi reads a newspaper story about what happened here at Heavenly Host. Question. Did you guys know immediately that I would hate Yuka? Yes. You hate children. You hate all innocent, nice things. It's too much. I feel attacked with it when they're around. So I'm glad we addressed that. We learn in the newspaper that over the course of a month, many children had gotten missing in the town. Kidnapping be the most likely explanation. As the investigation progressed, they found the worst case scenario. On September 18th, 1973, a male teacher from the school was found, along with the bodies of the children, in a near catatonic state, holding a pair of bloody scissors. This will be the second reference to scissors because first episode, lesbians. Yes. yes. The scissor sisters and now the sister misters? <laughs> there we go. Satoshi realizes that this must be the murder that Ayumi was talking about and wonders how they ended up here at Heavenly Host, as it was destroyed long ago and wonders if they've been sent into the past. I just let you guys know, I don't just hate her because she's a child. I also don't like Yuka because she talks about herself in the third person. I knew that was going to be a problem. Yeah. As soon as she was like, a lot Yuka of kids to do go, that. I was like, oh, God, Casey's going to hate this girl. Y- yes, I was like, Yuka wants this. It's like, who are you? Who are you, little girl? So, ugh. Yuka calls for her brother's attention, and he assures her that no matter what, he will protect her. She calls for his attention again before he just kind of continues on, saying they have to find the others as there is a chance they came here too. Yuka calls for him one last time before he finally stops, and she lets him know she has to go to the bathroom. At this point, because PG and I were watching together, I was like, oh no, we're going to see this little girl pee herself at some point, aren't we? Mm. And... Unfortunately, that was the case. Oh, God. As long as she stops talking about herself in the third person, I'll be okay. (laughs) Uh, They head to the restroom and find most of the stalls destroyed and one stall locked. This being the same stall that Seiko hung herself in. Satoshi attempts to open it and realizes it won't budge before Yuka lets him know that she can't hold it in much longer and begs him to look elsewhere as she pulls him away to go searching. I I don't know why she didn't just use one of the broken bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? You're in ghost hell. Might as well pee wherever you want. Yeah. The world's your bathroom. The world is your bathroom. (laughs) It's eco-friendly. As they descend the stairs, we see the decaying corpses of victims of Heavenly Host. We see, like, maggots reaching out of intestines, eyes pulled out of heads. It's it's hella gross. It was uh, not pleasant. True. Yuka asks her brother if they will end up like that, too, and cries that she wants to go home. Satoshi assures her they'll get home and not to worry. They stumble upon Morishige snapping pictures of what seems like an almost exploded body. Entrails and innards splattered across the wall and floor. Like he he's starting to put off like this this kind of sexual energy towards like the I gore. I disagree. Yeah, really? I didn't read that. Yeah. I think you're reading into it based on context of what happens later, but I think you're wrong about right now. Oh, okay. Mm. I'm just remembering it incorrectly. I think it's kind of funny how quickly I feel like everyone becomes comfortable with like the gross like bodies and entrails out everywhere. Like in the beginning, they're like scared. And then after a while, they're like, oh, let me just step over this other or like intestine or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Be grossed out for the next like for the rest of the day? Like at a certain point, you just kind of have to deal with your surroundings. Yeah. Oh, I call my mom to come pick me up. Well, (laughs) you can't. There's no service. Oh, that's (laughs) I mean, but I understand what Casey's saying because a lot of times I would still probably be like, "Ugh, f- this is so gross, gross." But they seem just kind of cavalier about it. Like they're kind of like, me. once you see one dead body, you've seen them all. 
I would say that there's definitely different types of dead bodies that like I feel like are pretty shocking than the regular kind of regular dead body. Yeah, but after a while, every shocking dead body is just another shocking dead body. They acknowledge each other before Morishige explains that the innards on the wall are fresh and whoever it is must have died recently. He says, never mind that. There are other students here in terrible shape and they don't acknowledge you. And I was like, I'm in terrible shape and I don't acknowledge anybody. (laughs) He's glad Satoshi is still okay, but says if they don't hurry and find a way out, they'll all be in danger. They make the stupidest horror movie mistake that everyone makes and agree to split up to try to find everyone. Yeah, there is actually a lot of splitting up in this anime. I'm not about it. Yeah. And splitting apart. (laughs) (laughs) They decide to split up so they can find everyone so they can all head home together. Morishige says he will prioritize finding Mayu, but if he sees anyone else along the way, he will tell them to meet at the entrance. Before he leaves, Morishige lets Satoshi and Yuka know that there are ghosts in the school, probably victims of the incident, and while they may not look harmful, he's seen them attack other students. As well, he says there are ghosts here that are their age, so to be on the lookout. Yuka calls to her brother in fear, and he instructs her to stay close to him. We cut to a clock, standing perfectly still, and a panicked Ayumi staring at it in utter fear. Yoshiki is with her, and he asks if she is okay. She stares at the clock with madness in her eyes and says her head feels like it's about to explode. I straight up thought it was going to explode. Me too. So I was thoroughly shocked when it did not blow up. Yeah, I was like, oh no, is this about to be like some scanners thing right now? Yeah, exactly. Yoshiki asks if she is alright, and I'm like, homegirl is screaming in pain. What are you what are you what are you doing? And why'd he need to even ask that question? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Ayumi screams that she can't be here, panicking with an unspoken realization. I would argue that all of them can't be there and should not be there. Yeah, I just think homegirl's like, I actually know what's going on here. I think also, um, I, I relate because me at work, I'll be staring at the clock too and I'll be freaking out. I'll be like, I can't be here. I can't be here. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yoshiki implores her to get a grip before they hear a noise behind them. Approaching is a young ghost boy who Yoshiki recognizes from the newspaper. You know, if there's one thing that's scarier than a child, it's a ghost child. (laughs) (laughs) Ayumi yells for him to not make eye contact with the ghost and he shuts his eyes before the boy suddenly appears next to him, which was my second jump scare that actually made me scream at the show. Yeah, it was freaky. Yoshiki stumbles back in surprise, and he implores the ghost to stay away from him. The ghost asks which of them he should kill first. That's kind. That's so nice. (laughs) And he calls all the ghosts call the students big brother and big sister. Yeah. Uh, So he's like, should big brother die first or should big sister? Respectful. Ayumi calls to Yoshiki, and the ghost pulls scissors to her throat, asking if he should start with her. Right as he says, bye-bye. Yoshiki yells at him to stop, and the boy turns instead to kill him before disappearing abruptly. Yoshiki grabs the fallen Ayumi before the same ghost that has appeared to the others makes her presence known. He disappeared because that girl's there. He was intimidated by her cool pentagram hair. Acknowledging Ayumi's spiritual powers. Yoshiki asks if she saved them and acknowledges he's never seen her uniform before. She lets him know she died here long ago and that she came here to find someone important to her. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's not even the only person in this episode that says they came here on purpose. Yeah. Ayumi recognizes the ghost and asks her if she is Nao. Yoshiki is surprised that she would know her, and Ayumi reveals that Nao was a high school spirit medium who ran a famous blog, which sounds like a Disney Channel show if I've ever heard one. 100%. For real. You've heard of That's So Raven. You've heard of Dog with a Blog. How about That's So Dog with a Blog? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It would be that so ghost dog with a blog. 
<laughs> oh, God. She talks to Nao, letting her know that she was always a fan of her blog, and that after she posted about the Sachiko Ever After charm, the same charm they made right before being sent here, she was never heard from again. I like the cute little fangirly kind of moment. Like, Oh, my God. I love your blog. Uh, Very oh much. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, I know we're about to get murdered, but, like, can I snap a pic real quick? Well, she's already murdered, so. True. Mm. What's she going to mind about? Yoshiki confirms that Nao came here looking for someone, and Nao once again confirms this, which makes Yoshiki realize that she came here on her own, which means if there's a way to come here, then there must be a way back, and demands for her to tell them how to get out. Nao says that before she died here, she desperately looked for an escape. She says this is a closed space within Heavenly Host caused by the spirits of the four murdered children. She says that perhaps appeasing the spirits would collapse the closed space and allow them release from this meaningless abuse. I like how this show just became Law and Order Spiritual Victim Unit, like, immediately. (laughs) Get the ghost infection. There goes. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. They'll stab your eyes out. Mariska Hargitay is also in this show as well. Mariska Hargitay is, is the teacher. She's the teacher. Oh, wait. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. She's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. She tried to do it herself before she died, but ran out of energy and couldn't do it. Yoshiki asks how they could appease the spirits, and now says that getting their murderer to confess would do it, especially as he is also in the school. Yoshiki gets angry at the options laid before him before he is interrupted by Ayumi, asking now if their friends are also here. She lets them know she felt nine spirits arrive. Ayumi and Yoshiki are determined to immediately go find them, but now lets them know that due to the strength of the curse, there are multiple closed spaces here, and even if everyone was in the same place, they don't exist in the same space, and will never be able to meet, as we see images of Satoshi and Mayu entering the same room, but clearly in different spaces. Mm. Now seems distracted by something as she fades away, Yoshiki reaching for her as a doll falls where Nao stood. Ayumi picks up the doll and the name Yoshikazu appears written on its brim. We cut to Morishige attempting to open the science classroom, but the door won't budge. We cut again to Mrs. Yui reading the newspaper and learning that the killer cut out the children's tongues before they died. One child also had the majority of their heads slowly removed before she hears some laughter in conversation, recognizing the voice as Mayu's. She rushes into the room to find Mayu talking to two ghosts, one missing an eye, the other missing the top half of their head, and laughing with them. Yeah, Mayu's got it under control. Yeah, this scene was so sweet. The three turn and acknowledge Mrs. Yui before continuing to talk, though it seems as though Mayu is the only one speaking, with the ghost simply responding. Mrs. Yui implores Mayu to snap out of it and tells her to get away from the ghosts. Mayu says it's okay, and the kids aren't bad at all. They're actually quite pitiable. Which is, like, kind of mean, but I get it. Yeah, they're like, yeah. I have half a face, I, mean, I get it. Yeah, I was gonna say, literally, the only lower half of their face, like, I agree. Mrs. Yui continues to yell at Mayu to get away before she interrupts her, saying she can't simply leave these kids alone, and that she is going to stay here. Honestly, I was, like, mad here, because, like, Mayu clearly had, like, it figured out. She's like, if I keep these kids distracted, they can't go out and kill my friends. Like, please yeah. leave me here to figure this out. Seriously. Miss Yui straight up sucks. And Miss Yui was like, uh, I'm a dummy. So Miss Yui disagrees and says they have to get out of here and find the others, saying Morishige must be so worried about her which causes her demeanor to break. Yui runs to grab her, but is thrown back by an invisible force as the ghosts stand to look at her. She pleads with the ghosts to give Mayu back, which seemingly makes them snap, 
as they grab Mayu by the legs and lift her into the air. Um, this part was hella uncomfortable. Like, yeah. you you see a little too much under the underwear. Yeah, you get straight up like vagina lines. Mm-hmm. Mayu is frightened and confused before the ghosts drag her out, her face scraping away across the floor before her body is slammed into a wall, creating the visceral scene Morishige stumbled upon earlier. So literally when we were watching this and like, I was just like, oh, they're just flying. And then she was being pulled against the ground and you see her face getting scraped off. I had such a visceral action because all I could think about was like wood splinters and face coming off. And I think this is like one of the worst deaths for me. It's one, it's hands down one of the worst deaths drag her sis drag her drag her drag her (laughs) yes queen drag her sis snatch her bald but you know what one more time straight up to hell with that teacher though miss yui like seriously she's the one that caused that issue mayu had it figured out and i would say because again mayu like what you had said earlier Mayu had them distracted, so they were not wreaking havoc on their friends and stuff. Yeah. Yui falls to her knees, lamenting that she could not protect her precious student before a large figure approaches her. She turns right in time for it to bring something down on her as we hear a crunch and cut to the next scene. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm gonna crunch and I'm gonna munch. Elsewhere, Morishige stares at a picture of Mayu on his phone, wondering where she could be. He talks about how he always felt he needed to protect her, but her kindness protected him. He begins to break down before deciding to look through pictures he's taking of corpses so he can look at others suffering and try to maintain some humanity and sanity. That backfired. Yes. Unfortunately, a devious smile draws across his face as he continues to scroll. He laughs at the picture of what we now know to be Mayu's corpse, though he doesn't, stating it's crazy to think that this used to be a person. He realizes what he's saying and tries to get a hold of himself before he receives a call. He is confused as he thought he had no service and answers to a faint whisper of Mayu's voice. Seven days. I was just going to say, this is the ring. Saying seven days, you will die in seven days. Uh, But no, it's actually Mayu begging him not to look at her insides. She said it in like such a coy kind of, please don't don't look at my insides. insides. (laughs) I was just like, oh my God. We've all played that game, am I right, ladies? Please don't look at my insides. Uh. As he realizes the scenes he saw were her dead body and he screams in terror. We see Satoshi and Yuka elsewhere in this space turn a corner to encounter the ghostly girl in red. They address her calmly, noticing she isn't hurt at all, and ask if she is lost too. She tells them to follow her and moves away. I wouldn't follow her. Yeah, never follow a ghost girl to a second location. (laughs) For some reason, I thought this was a different ghost girl. (laughs) Because she was being so nice? I think so, yeah. Her hair wasn't all like flowing in the wind and she didn't have like sadistic smirk. So I was like, oh, this is a different ghostly girl in red. Does anyone get the vibe from her? Like, do you remember uh, Pokemon uh, Sabrina, the gym leader, as a child? Do you get that same vibe? Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. But I mean, Sabrina, based off the Japanese ghost girls. So there you go. She leads them to a set of doors, and they realize these doors weren't here before. Yoshiki has no time to think on this, though, as Yuka reminds him how badly she has to go. I mean, okay, Casey, I'll give you some credit that Yuka kind of sucks in so much as... Yoshiki's like always almost close to realizing something before she's like, um, big brother, I need a pee. And and not even like that. She's saying, like, can you imagine me being like, PJ, Casey needs to pee. 
PJ Casey needs like, to be like four million <laughs> times. And I'm just like, where's the, I'd be like, gonna kill her or not? Casey needs to leave. Yeah, Casey needs to go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, God. I would literally, if that child were around me, I would just been like casually walked away and be like, guys, good luck. It's all her right there. <laughs> like, I think she killed all these kids. Like, get her. They follow the spirit outside to a walkway, dead bodies littering the grounds around it. Yuga says she simply can't hold it anymore, and he tells her to climb the fence around the walkway and find a spot to go. Real quick, that's bad advice. Well, I don't even think it's bad advice. But if this is the advice you're going to give, why now? Why couldn't you have just peed in a random classroom? Why did we wait till right now for you to finally go to a bathroom? Yeah. Right. He was like, UTIs, realized. <laughs> that, I, it's PJ's point, like, really, why now? Why now? Could have been so much earlier, wasted so much time. So many times I had so to listen time. to it as a viewer. I had to listen to her talk about herself in the third person about how she had to pee. Ugh. He tells her to avoid the forest. Yuka asks the spirit to accompany her, and she agrees, calling Yuka's sister, which excites her. Satoshi says he will head inside and wait, and to scream if anything happens, which is just irresponsible. Yeah, that's a bad idea, bruh. I think it's a setup, and I understand that after her, her <laughs> You're punk like, ass. Yeah, just uh, head out there, scream if you need anything. God, I'm so glad I'm getting rid of her. Right. He's like, <laughs> who calls themselves in the third person all the time? My dumb sister. <laughs> Seriously. He's like, hey, go outside. Go ahead and just bring this ghost demon with you. It's cool. I'll be inside and just scream if you need anything. Like, <laughs> <laughs> As he walks in, he finds the student ID of Kizumi, a student from another school, and realizes he must be trapped here too. He flips through his ID book and finds his slip of a Sachiko charm, realizing they must have performed the same ritual. As Yuka is about to climb the fence, the ghost girl with no eye is staring at her, yelling at her to give it back. Yuka turns to find the spirit that was accompanying her and finds no one, turning once again and being face-to-face with the eyeless girl, continuing to yell at her to give it back. I think she should give it back. Give it back. Give what back, though? Give it back. Obviously, we find out, but like her eye. Yeah, I was very confused at this part. She screams, and Satoshi tries to get back out to her, but the doors are locked. The spirit in the dress pokes him, and he turns as she gives him a devilish smile. We see Yuka run into the room, clearly now in a different space, as Satoshi is nowhere to be found as she screams for her brother. I was going to say, and this is, you know, what... uh, pentagram hair was saying how like <laughs> these are just pocket dimensions and they could be in the same room and stuff but like they just they don't exist on the same plane as each other anymore yeah wow skylar pentagram hair she has a name i'm just kidding what is her name <laughs> casey no tell me casey, her name what's right her now. name casey what's her name penta <laughs> Pe- it's, Pe- it's it's penta chan penta chan get out of here <laughs> It's pretty good though, right? Uh, no. Yes. We move to Yoshiki and Ayumi, placing candles as those in the other spaces should be able to see them. As they walk away, Yoshiki realizes the name on the doll is that of the teacher that killed the kids and it must have belonged to him. And I was like, why did this teacher own this little girl doll? Yeah. Yeah, clearly that was the only problem with that teacher. Ayumi says they can sue to get. Ayumi says they can sue him. <laughs> Ayumi says. Ayumi says. Lawsuit. Ayumi Ghost says. lawyer. They can sue him for all he's worth. <laughs> Ayumi says they can use this to get a confession from him. And Yoshiki says 
that regardless, it's creepy and he feels like it could start talking at any second before it starts to talk. Yeah. But I was like confused at this point because the doll is not talking as like a male teacher. It's a very creepy like little girl doll voice. Yeah, it was weird. It's like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The doll confesses to the murders of the children, stating they weren't done in right mind. As the doll begins to speak, Yoshiki is caught off guard and falls back. Yoshiki can't stay on his feet for to save his goddamn life. Yeah. yeah, for real. I did find it weird that they like how scared they were about the doll talking, and I was like, "You guys have seen entrails. You've seen so much at this point. Like, of course, honestly, a talking though, doll. like entrails are normal. People have entrails. Dolls don't talk. <laughs> I still I think, think it's less scary. That's very valid. I agree, PJ. <laughs> Dolls are not supposed to talk. Yeah. Yashiki crashes through the wall and finds a pouch stained with blood. Ayumi realizes that the doll talking must be the killer's confession. I don't know how she comes to that conclusion, but she does. And she's right, but again, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, also, how convenient that he just, like, falls perfectly, like... Yashiki holds up the pouch. She recognizes the name on it as one of the children who died here. The spirit arrives and implores them to give it back before attacking them. Throwing Yoshiki aside, again, Borg cannot stay on his feet, mm-hmm. and beginning to choke Ayumi. As Ayumi is waning in and out of consciousness, she sees a tongue fall out of the pouch. She barely reaches it in time, holding it to the ghost. The ghost calms and slowly turns to look human again. As he realizes it is his tongue, he smiles, and the tongue disappears in a flash of light as the boy turns translucent and is floated into the light in the sky, seemingly having a spirit set free. That's heaven, baby. That I find it weird that like my unfinished business is the fact that I want the, the half of my tongue that's missing. Like I don't well, really feel it was stolen from you. Like it was I That's get a it. big thing in ghost lore. It's usually a lot of times unfinished business is like a thing that was taken unrightly from you. Yeah. So like also it is like the last thing that that child experienced before the horrific death. So like you remember that like oh your tongue got cut out. So, ugh, God. I don't know. I feel like my la- my unfinished business, even if I had my tongue cut out, would be like, you know, open a small business or see the see Dolly Parton in concert <laughs> yes. one more time. I think you're uh, I think you're <laughs> overestimating ghost desires. I don't think any ghost is like, all right, now it's time to start that candle shop I always wanted to start. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like, who cares about you your tongue? Have a fucking Etsy shop. <laughs> yes. Uh, how many Etsy shops are run by ghosts? We will never know. They just sell like tongue keychains. <laughs> PJ, I'm telling you, there's not many Etsy shops run by ghosts because that was their final wish. They've all gone away. Well, no, see, empty ones thing. now. Anytime you've ever found an Etsy shop that you loved, then you revisited them like a year later and they had shut down. It's because that ghost had finally accomplished their goal of reaching their first like $10,000 or whatever. That makes me so happy for them. <laughs> yeah. They realized giving him his tongue set him free and that now they just have to do the same for the other three spirits, the doll guiding them. This is also the part where I was like, oh, okay, I see the game mechanics and how this game is actually played now. Well, yeah, because literally every plot point is based on the game. Like, this anime specifically is based off of the, like, quote-unquote worst ending you can get in the game. Really? Like, that's what I read on one of the forums I was reading. But, like, because someone was, like, asking about plot holes, like, wait, why does this happen? And they're like, well, in the game, it's actually because you find this item. And because you found this item, that's why this happens. Like, it's all it's all fully based on what happens in the game. Ah, okay. Later, Yoshiki talks to Ayumi, 
saying he is impressed by how brave she was against the ghost, as we realize they've been able to appease the other three spirits already, which completely happened off camera, and I guess that's fine. It is only four episodes long, so I didn't mind I get this. It. <laughs> I was like, great, cool, we don't have to see it. Next. Yeah. She says she was scared, but pushed herself to do her best, unlike someone who has no help at all. Blonde-haired guy. Yes, like Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. See, did I nail it? Did I make today's... You nailed it. I nailed it. See, it's today's, ep- today's daily oh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh reference. Uh, hey, corporate, we filled our uh, our episode quota for Yu-Gi-Oh references. <laughs> PJ, leave that in. Leave that in. We need that in. <laughs> it's a tax write-off. That's right. Yeah, if this was us, I could see this being a conversation with between the two of you guys. I could hear you being like, yeah, like I'm the one that did everything and you did nothing. <laughs> I could hear that already. It's true. <laughs> but which one of us is doing the thing? PJ. I'm the one doing the thing. PJ's the but one doing the thing. And you you're the one. You get so scared. And I don't get scared. I know. Actually, you know what? I'm actually, I like the sentiment, Casey. Me and Skylar are toxic. Just like Britney Spears' song, Toxic. But I actually think Skylar and I would do really well in a horror scenario. I think we team up really well when the pressure's on. Yeah. See, this is what happens, everybody. I say, I take one <laughs> side and these these freaks of nature turn on me and come at me every time every time Look, i try Casey, to make a point of you view, know the only trap. way to deal with an argument between me and skylar is to pick no side because the second you pick either of our sides we then turn against you if he needs us to shut the f- up and actually like cooperate with each other then it's kind of like genius because he's like okay. that is true see all right we don't need to get into the every detail of our relationship here <laughs> he embarrassedly stands up and changes the subject saying that they have to find the other spirit, whose name was Sachiko. Sachiko. Ayumi says that Sachiko was found before she was killed, so appeasing her might take different methods, which I was like, wait, what? And even Yoshiki was like, wait, what? He's like, wait, (laughs) if she's alive, wouldn't that make her like an old hag? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, it makes no sense. Ayumi realizes that they must have appeased the four spirits then if Sachiko isn't a spirit, yet nothing has happened. The clock strikes, startling them, before Ayumi says she feels something is missing and they're not in the clear yet. I was honestly just impressed that uh, Yashiki didn't fall back when the clock struck. Yeah, seriously. seriously. Yuka runs through the halls trying to find Satoshi, but instead finds Morishige beating corpses with a pipe. Psychopath. Yeah, he's 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 treating those corpses like pinatas. It was real comfy. Well, what's a corpse party without a corpse pinata? Oh, God. And the only candy that comes out is maggots. <laughs> By and the way. more entrails. More entrails. By the way, at first, I thought PJ was going to say, they found whatever his name is. Uh, and you said beating. I thought you were going to say beating off. And I was like, that would have been less <laughs> gross than him beating the dead bodies, I guess. It's true. I've been calling him Glasses. glasses. His name is Morishige. <laughs> or Glasses. He notices her and says she must think he looks crazy. He asks what happened to Satoshi, and she says he disappeared. He says, well, I'll help you find him. And she's justifiably terrified. Yeah. And says no. She says she'll look on her own, and he angrily says he already offered to help. Hey, you, you little I told you I'd give you my help, and you say no. Disrespect. He's such a, like, he's such an incel. He's like, oh, I'm a nice guy, and you, like, don't deserve me anymore. Fuck. Scary. Baka. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> it's funny how she didn't she and this whole time she didn't have the nerve to try to use herself in the third person this time uh yuka will look for her brother herself she didn't have time yeah. casey she, she didn't have time to talk about herself in the third person he rushes towards her with crazy eyes screaming to just let him help her she runs away him chasing in tow she's running and he's like aw- walking awkwardly fast i mean it was yeah it was very michael myers <laughs> Yeah. It's not even. It feels like sped up walking. It was very awkwardly animated, but like on purpose. Yeah, it was pretty funny, though. She hides away in a hole in the floor as he searches the room. He says she made a promise to be with him forever. Mm. So he wants to make her look just like Mayu does. So maybe she won't be so sad anymore. Aww. No, I'm just kidding. Projecting ass freak. (laughs) He laughs maniacally. Yuka calls for her brother before someone finds her. It's Kizumi, the student from the other school also trapped here. I honestly thought that that was the guy he just took off his glasses when they first saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. It's a a full-on murderous Clark Kent where he's like, hi, I'm a different guy. I'll help you. Right. I was just like, oh, he just took off his glasses and she trusted him. Also, Loki, he kind of hot. He is kind of hot and his voice is kind of hot too. Oh, yeah. It's so deep. He says he's looking for his sister, and Yuka seems to trust him way too immediately, way too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds like I just me. think she's feeling like relief because, like, yeah. he wasn't. He's not Morishige. <laughs> he's not treating corpses like pinatas. Yeah. He offers to help her, and they can search for their loved ones together. She goes with him, and he confirms that she also performed the Sachiko charm and ended up trapped here. Morishige finds them and tells Yuka to come to him. Kizumi recognizes the fear in her eyes and asks her if she knows him. She begs him to help her. This is like the worst custody battle to like happen. <laughs> For real. This is Kramer v. Kramer, but like on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Morishige asks Kizumi who the hell he is and asks if he wants to join Mayu in his cell phone. Kizumi tells Yuka to stay back as Morishige charges him with a pipe. Kizumi charges back and pulls out a goddamn hunting knife. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And I was like, oh no, this guy is also crazy. But I was like, but maybe not. But then Morishige swings at Kizumi, who deftly avoids him before stabbing into Morishige's neck. Shocking Yuka and me. (laughs) And me. (laughs) Um, I was also shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd be like, not me. Almost. But no, I was going to say, like, I felt for Yuka because, like, I feel like it's like, it kind of reminds me when you start dating somebody new and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to date someone better than my last ex-boyfriend. I'm going to date this guy. And then he reveals that this person is even crazier. And you're like, oh, (laughs) that's what I relate to. (laughs) That's going to be her future if she lives. (laughs) For real. Seriously. He digs the blade deeper and looks on with a stone-cold face as blood sprays all over him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, that just went right in there. Because even, even here, up until this part, I was like, well, maybe he's just really protecting her. Yeah. But when he's, like, looking at him with, like, that cold face with blood spraying, I was like, oh, no, he's crazy. That's a crazy guy. Oh, uh, reminds me of my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Morishige lays there, bleeding out, as Kizumi turns to Yuka and says he will protect her, as after all, she is his precious little sister. There's too many brother and sisters in this equation. Yeah, it's all brother-sister stuff. As she calls for her real brother, who we see elsewhere, laying unconscious, pointing at Sachiko's image in the newspaper. Oh boy, Casey, what'd you think? 
you know what? I uh, like the first episode is like, eh, I don't know about this. Second episode, I'm like, I need to see how this ends. <laughs> like this is such a good like because I thought it was just going to be like a horror thing, I guess, where like just they have to survive like the school. But like there's a mystery element to it that like intrigues me. And so um, while it is very gory and like I'd like I said, not a fan of entrails. Um, you heard it here. Another con- controversial yet brave opinion. Not a fan of seeing entrails. Um, so brave. <laughs> thank you. Um, soups bravesies. Um, I was just like, I have to see how this ends. This is so interesting. Well, Casey, um, I have one, I have a prediction question, but it's going to be an interesting one because there's only two episodes left. Casey, there's only a few characters left. Do you want to guess who's going to live and who's going to die? And if you feel extra brave, do you want to guess how they will die? Wow. Okay. So, so I'll go through the characters. Yeah, tell we me have who's Yashiki. Mm-hmm. We have Yashiki, who's blonde the blonde guy. guy. He dies um, also trying to save the psychic girl. Ayumi, the psychic girl. I think she makes it pretty long and pretty far, but I don't think she lives either. Because honestly, wasn't it her spell that kind of started this whole thing? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So yeah, she can't live just for karma purposes. I feel like she's in some sort of situation where she thinks she's finally escaped, you know, but in reality she hasn't. And then that's how she dies. You have Naomi. Okay, she is the one I think lives. I think she's the... O- okay. Yeah, she lives. She's the final girl. Satoshi? Oh, yeah. Um, he dies trying to save Yuka. Yuka? I want her to die. Um, <laughs> I I feel like she she also lives, but like in an unexpected way. We don't find out till like the end of the series. Like she's still trapped in the school. You know what I mean? And then we have one character that isn't confirmed dead or not at this point. So Mrs. Yui. Yeah. Do you think she's dead? Probably not because we didn't see it. And like that's the rule of horror movies. We have to see them die for it to be real. Um, This is true. And so she's probably the bad guy because that's normally the case. If you don't see them die, she's probably the bad guy. Um, And she's probably like that same teacher from before or whatever i don't know like they were talking about that teacher in the first oh, ghost interesting story. theory interesting theory i like that oh like the ghost of the teacher that fell down the stairs wow yeah. mm-hmm. okay awesome well i love all of those theories and we are going to show you a video of every death in the series in 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 the interim so you'll find out if you are right or not and we'll give you a point for each one Woo. you get one point if they do live or die based on your prediction and you get a second point if your prediction on how they die is right oh i hope i win all right well we do have an anime intro to get through so casey what'd you think of this anime intro oh i liked it because like it started out with like i started out being like kind of because that's like a orchid like a choir in the background and i thought oh, yeah, like, a lot of strings it was a lot so of strings. cool yeah it was really good um but then it went to like a full-on like dance, like a song I would have heard on Dance Dance Revolution, and I was like, okay, this is this is wild. Um, but I I enjoyed it though. It was it was fun. It was catchy. It was good times. Good times had by all. Yes, I I definitely really liked the beginning, but like what you said, when it did get a little bit more dancey, it was just like, oh, I kind of wanted to stay creepy the whole time. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. I agree with everything you said. That intro intro is so sick. It gets a little like poppy, but it's not bad poppy. Uh, but I will say like, I mean, the visuals, yeah, are a little too joyful at certain parts, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But like when it does show some of the things, it's like more the subtle things. I like that it doesn't show the gore. 
but it shows yeah. like the bloody handprints on the windows and stuff. Right. The song is called The Ring of Stardust and it's by Asami Imai. The Ring, yes. huh? Interesting. The Ring The of Ring of Stardust. And there's also an outro song which is not bad. It's just it's fine. It's forgettable. Oh, you know what? Um, I'm going to say something controversial yet brave. I okay. also loved the actually like the outro more than the intro, believe it or not. Um, really? Casey, I'm like literally so mad at you. No, but let me explain. Let me explain. I'll tell you why. Because I have a sentimental reason why. Beginning part of the outro, I know exactly what it reminds me of. It, like, it has such a specific memory for me. Okay, it is the song that they play when you're playing Pokemon Blue on the Nint- Nintendo Game Boy, you know, like from the 90s. And like, it's when you enter Professor Oak's office. That is the exact like intro that is played in my mind every time I played that. So like that's why I love it. Because it just reminded me of that. So you like it because of false equivalency? Yeah, love that. <laughs> um honestly, I don't okay, it was a good song. The reason why I said it's forgettable is because I just wanted to get to the next episode so fast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just I just wanted to hurry through the the outro. Yeah, I definitely don't think it was bad, but it wasn't like, and it was good. It just wasn't like, oh my god, this anime closing. It's it's sending me, you know. It's no every other outro of Inuyasha. It sounds like you guys have not played Pokemon Blue, and maybe that's the disconnect we're having here. Uh, Honestly, I have played I Pokemon. Well, you know what? I haven't played Pokemon Blue. I was a Pokemon Red kid because I had taste, Casey. The closing is the glow of fireflies by Yumihara. Which translated means Professor Oak theme from Pokemon Blue. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we have the Ring of Stardust and the Glow of Fireflies. All right, Casey. Well, we have just two videos for you to watch in the interim. So we're going to watch those real quick and we'll be right back with some additional thoughts, some additional context, and our closing segments. Stay tuned. Has this ever happened to you? Oh no, I want to cut the tongues of the youth out to symbolically represent the silencing of innocence, but my scissors are too dull. Well, worry no more with Sachiko Scissors. Our patent-pending technology can cut through the thickest tongues, the lowest intestines, and even bone. Gone are the days of knives, here are the days of scissor-based mutilation. Sajiko isn't just the accursed adventure of the product, she's also a loyal customer. <laughs> Call 1666-SAJIKO to order your pair for the low, low price of eternal damnation in a spectral representation of a destroyed elementary school. Sajiko Scissors, you'll poke an eye out, kid! Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here, your favorite spooky simp, thanking you for tuning in as we continue and end our journey through the spookier side of anime. It's always sad to see the Halloween season end, but there's always more to come. Speaking of more, why not head over to our social media and experience more of our content? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kawaii Desu Pod or by searching for Kawaii Disappointment Podcast. Now, follow us on TikTok at kawaiidisappointment.pod and subscribe to our YouTube by searching for Kawaii Disappointment. 
or go to our website, kawaii-disappointment.pinecast.co for links to all of those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's so much content, you should tell a friend to help you explore it all. We hope you'll join us next week as we go back to the classics as we have Casey watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. We hope you'll join us. All right, we're back, and we have some additional context, some additional info, and some additional scares. Casey, what did you think? Holy moly, it was gory. If you like gore, this is for you. OMG, I um, my Christian eyes cannot handle- I'm a huge handle. Al Gore fan, so yeah. I really like it. <laughs> yeah, if you love Al Gore, you, it's for you. The way you were saying that is like, if you like pina coladas, but like with gore. I'm getting stabbed in the eyes. Right. Getting stabbed in the brain. If you're getting oh, haunted God. by children. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty original in terms of, I feel like, the uh, plot. And um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. It, Can't wait to get it's into It's a lot more. more sad than I anticipated it. Like. Remember when killing people used to be so joyous, but like this made it, it really just, sad. Well, it was so simple, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now they have to add all these emotions. <laughs> God, who are they? Carly Rae Jepsen? Oh, I do love the Jepsen. All right. So let's get that official kill count score in. Skylar, how many points did Casey get based on his predictions? So Casey, you got five points. Ooh, sounds like um, I'm basically a psychic at this point. Yeah, you said blonde guy. He dies trying to save Ayumi, and that's technically true. We'll give you the point. We we accept. Your other two points cr- just come from Naomi because she lives. Woo! Thank you, Naomi. Lesbian and then power. You got one point for uh, Sadoshi. Uh, you said he dies saving Yuka. That's not true. He dies. Maybe in a different way. Honestly, there's a point of contention. What's important here, you guys, is that I got five points. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, so five points isn't bad, Casey. That's pretty good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I worked really hard on this prediction. Did you have a favorite character? We know who your least favorite character was. Yuka. Uh, Yuka was the worst. Um, you know what? I thought about it more. Um, I really did like the psychic girl, even though it is her fault that we got into this mess. I did find her like technically it's pentagram hair's fault. Is it pentagram's hair's fault? Yeah. Pentagram girl is actually like purposefully wrote the instructions wrong in her blog so that people would keep coming here and get trapped. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I liked Ayumi, hated Yuka and I liked Naomi from showgirls. That is those are good selections. I think my favorite character was probably Seiko because of like how like much she defied the tone. Yeah, no, she was just great. I mean, Casey liked the psychic girl. I liked the Seiko girl. Oh. oh. Is she is she a salad fingers? Yes. Yes, she's salad fingers. <laughs> just clarify. Skylar, who's your favorite character? Um, Sadoshi and Aumi. Alright. It's pretty solid choices. Sadoshi, remind me who that one is again? That's the older the brother. Ah uh, yes. That chooses to maybe die. Mm, hands without hands. <laughs> My hands, Good old hands boy. <laughs> you guys like Jewel? I don't really think we need to ask if you're going to keep watching this. You kind of saw all of it by the end of it. That was the best part of it. Is that I did get to see the ending. I was curious. That was that's what made this so different for me. I guess um, 
I guess like I thought this was I guess initially I came in here thinking like oh this is just gonna be some gory horror nonsense and I'm just gonna be like annoyed with it after like an episode or something but like it ended up being like the mystery behind it and the fact that they had like they were going somewhere with it to get um out of there and resolved made me feel like much more like I was much more satisfied with it than I thought I would be so I'll give you an alternate question do you think you'd ever play the game that this is based off of hell no I'm scared (laughs) (laughs) um I was excited to do this anime there are so many animes that have just gratuitous gore for no reason and like by the end of it it's a very shallow kind of it's a very shallow plot and it's not great and it's basically just like for shock factor and what i liked about this was that like yes it's like gratuitous gore but there's like a reason behind it they keep it interesting and it was it was a good show yeah agreed all right it's time for america's favorite podcast segment is there an amv of that That's right, kids. We have our own jingle for Is There an AMV for that? Crafted for us by the people over at Jingle Crafters on Fiverr. Find them linked in the description down below. Yes, they're amazing. They provided us with a great experience. All right. Without further ado, Casey. This was a weird one. This was a wild one. And there's probably going to be limited options. But I still want you to give us your choice for song and artist. Okay, I'm not going to explain my reason as to why I chose this one, but I just need you guys to go with me on this. Is there an AMV uh, for this uh, anime to the song and artist of Someone Like You by Adele? (laughs) Oh, I have a better one I should have used right now. Oh, well. Can I give it to you afterwards? What is it? Okay. No, no, no. Give it to me now. Dead Man's Party, Oingo Boingo. Oh, let's check. Zero. Wow, this really is the Walmart bin anime. There's just only four episodes. It's not a ton of content to like make something new out of. Adele and Oingo Boingo were too good for this. PJ, do you have one? You know what? This is going to be a weird one. Uh, Give me a second. The cat's being loud. Skylar, I have another one if you want to (laughs) try. Sure. Is is there Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi? (laughs) Dead or Alive. Won't it dead over life? I feel like I'm also giving some great ideas for anyone who wants to make an AMV after this. Nope, there's not. Oh, damn it. I think I've got one. PJ, go first. Based on the songs we listened to last night, let's go with Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Ooh. Oh, that's a good guess. Okay, I did not type in Sweet Dreams. I typed in Marilyn Manson, and the first option is... Corpse Party, Sweet Dreams, Marilyn Manson. Of course. Lit. Okay, Casey, you want to give us your fourth one? My fourth and final prediction? Yes. The What's the theme to um the Halloween theme with, with uh, John Carpenter or whatever his name is? Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, him. Is there one for that one? No, but they do have This is Halloween by the Citizens of Son Halloween Town of, from uh... <laughs> Nightmare Before All right. Casey is zero for four. I'm one for one, baby. I'm going to suggest one really quick. Let Uh, me look it up for you. Yeah. Three Days Grace. I'm going to go with my classic, Animal Has Become. (laughs) Um, Half credit for this? Because I would say yes. This isn't a music video. This is just a corpse party clip 
like slideshow set to animal I have become. Okay. So I'm going to say that you get a point. 1.5 points. Hell yeah. But overall, with between a lot of guesses, but only one for me and one from Skylar that were correct. Yes. <sighs> I Well, the first wow. time I typed in Corpse Party AMV, the first one that comes up is Skillet. I was like, of course it's Skillet. Oh, God. Do my points from the death game transfer over by any chance? <laughs> you know what, Casey? I You get plus points for the death game, but negative points for every wrong guess. So you only have one point. I still tied with somebody. Woo! You, no, you didn't, because Skylar got 1.5 points, and I got 3 points. But oh. we actually don't score. The anime does. And yes. somehow, at the end of the day, this anime ended up a 3-pointer. Also, our super secret, not-so-secret bonus AMV. Is there an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life for I'm going to say yes, pun? baby. Has there is. There are 7. And I honestly, I get it. Yeah, that does make sense. I think we've only run into one that wasn't, and that is our bonus Halloween episode one, right? Yeah. Despite uh, what you would have initially thought, this ended up being a four-pointer, y'all. Woo! Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got for you this week. As well, that's all we've got for you on this spooky season. Next week, expect to return to not-so-spooky anime and some more amazing content. Until then, we hope you had fun listening, and we hope the rest of your week isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been intestines in a bucket. I've been Casey the Friendly Ghost. Casey the, the friendly, friendly Ghost. ghost. The Friendly Ghost.